heading into the Detroit Pistons' first in-season tournament game of the year, and more than half of what people thought would be their rotation are out on injury report. The injuries are mounting up for the Detroit Pistons. We'll talk about this and what it means for them in today's episode of the Locked on Pistons podcast. You are Locked on Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on Pistons podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, at Locked on Pistons. Hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. So listen, guys, I feel like every episode I come on here, I provide some good energy. I feel like every episode I come on here and try to give you guys the best content possible and for us to have the most fun 30 minutes we can each day, whether you guys listen in the mornings, afternoons, at night, whatever. I try to provide the most thirty minutes, most fun 30 minutes around there, fun that we can have in our day. But this episode is going to be, I think I might have a lot of energy for this episode, even more energy than I usually have because I'm recording this right after, right after watching the Loki season finale. And for all of you MCU fans out there, I need to hear from you right now in the comment section down below or over on Twitter. I need to know how you guys feel about where the MCU is heading, how they ended this Loki season. I need to hear from you guys. I know a lot of you Pistons fans have to be MCU fans. I need to hear from you guys because I am amped. But anyways, let's move past that. I do want to hear from you guys, though. Moving past that, we're going to be talking about the injuries that are mounting for the Pistons, the rookie ladder, which... I think we'll feature both Detroit, or two Detroit Pistons rookies. And then we'll preview the Pistons' first in-season tourney game in their franchise's history. Obviously, this is the first year with the in-season tournament. We'll talk about that, their first game against the Philadelphia 76ers. But heading into this game on Friday night against the Philadelphia 76ers, which, by the way, I believe is a home game. Yes, it is a home game. Because my friends asked me to go to it. I might be just showing up late for using that game time. You know what I'm saying? Um that game time app. But heading into this game, the Pistons are going to be down more than half the rotation. If you made your rotation before the year, I guarantee at least half of those people, at least half of those people in the rotation, probably more, probably more are going to be out this game. And the Pistons have dealt with injuries a lot the last few years. They've been just destroyed by the injury bug. Heading into this game, Against the Sixers, the Pistons are going to be without Jane Ivey, Alec Burks, Isaiah Livers, Boyan Bogdanovich, Monte Morris, and Joe Harris. That's six players. And all six of those players, I think a lot of people probably had in the rotation. At most, maybe maybe five, because maybe some had Joe Harris out the rotation. But for a rotation that probably goes ten deep, nine deep, that's at least half, if not more than half, of your rotation. And... It's, it's, I think there's, obviously it's hurt the Pistons record. They're two and seven. And I think they're definitely, they definitely would be better if these guys, if all of them were healthy, if they had all of these guys healthy and were able to have the rotation of their choosing, I think this team probably would be a little better. 
Um, I don't know how much better, but definitely I don't think they'd be two and seven. I think they have maybe two more wins. Um, but I want to start off with the positives first because there is even in tough situations like this, I do think some you can pull positives from it. There, there is a good, you know, you can you can pull good from a bad situation. And the good thing that's come from this bad situation is I think I don't think without these injuries you get to see Marcus Sasser. If Monte Morris wasn't hurt, if Alec Burks wasn't hurt, I don't think Marcus Sasser gets this chance to come out here and flourish. I don't think Marcus Sasser gets this chance to come out and play 28 minutes this past game, 29 minutes, close games for the Detroit Pistons, drop 26 points, looked like a steal of a pick in the first round for the Detroit Pistons. Over the last, let's go look over his last five or so games. He scored over 20 points twice. He scored 19 in one other game, so close to over 23 times. For the Detroit Pistons. He's shooting over 50% from three. He's shooting over 55% from the floor in general. He's been exceptional for the Detroit Pistons, averaging 16.5 points on 56% shooting and 48% from three on five and a half attempts over the last five games. So, yes, does it suck that the Pistons have been without Jane Ivey, that they've been without Monte Morris, that they've been without Alec Burks? Absolutely, it does suck. I know fans wanted to see this team at full strength, especially Jane Ivey. I know everyone wants to see Jane Ivey play, and his situation is a whole big talking point in the Pistons community. However, however, while it is a bad, a tough situation, there has been a good thing that's come of it, and it's that it looks like Marcus Sasser is a legit ball player. He is a legit pick. He is a legit NBA player. And, I mean, we talked about this, I believe, two weeks ago or maybe a week and a half ago on the podcast. Depending on what happened while these guys were out, could open up possibilities for the Pistons and what they want to do with their roster. Is it possible that maybe Troy Weaver can now look at the roster and say, look, Marcus Sasser is ready to play. He looks like he's a baller. I want to keep giving him minutes. Do they move Alec Burks? Do they consider trading Alec Burks now for something else? Maybe pick uh, a pick or two, two second-round picks? Do they try to package Alec Burks with something else to get a wing player, to get a four? Do they try to do something like that? I, I'm not saying I think that will happen, but I think maybe with the emergence of Marcus Sasser, that becomes now on the board of things that happen. Another positive thing that's come of light, and I know this is going to be you know a little bit of a heated topic, but over the last seven games, Killian Hayes has looked like a legit backup point guard. When Jane Ivey comes back, I think Jane Ivey eventually is going to be the starter. Jane Ivey is the best option for the Pistons to start at the second at the two guard position. I don't think anyone's disagreeing with that. However, they have a plan. The organization has a plan. Monty has a plan about long-term, what's the best way to get the best out of Ivy long-term because his defense is legit a flaw and it's a legit issue that they have to get get worked on or it's going to be a problem long-term. So I think there, there is a plan that they're doing. There is a plan for the long-term future of this team with Jay and Ivy. However, I think eventually he's going to be the starter. My point is, is that when Jay and Ivy takes over, I mean, over the last seven games, Killian Hayes is 10.6 points, 43% from the field, 41% from deep, 90% from the free throw line, 5.3 assists to just .6 turnovers. One of the main reasons why the Pistons went out and got Monte Morris is because he was one of the lowest turnover guys in the league, and they wanted a guy you know who could run the offense, not turn the ball over, and take care of the ball. Well, if Killian Hayes is going to shoot, you know, is going to score 10 points a game, five and a half assists a game, and have these type of splits, average five assists to less than just about half a turnover a game. He went three straight games without even having a turnover. If he's going to be that low turnover guy, then you might have a backup point guard right there. So maybe at the trade deadline, does this now make Monte, Monte Morris expendable? Like these are, 
I'm not saying these things are going to happen. They could just keep them and play them over these guys. That, that could happen. They're the vets. Um, they're probably still better than these guys as of right now. But if this situation never were to have come, if these guys never would have gotten hurt, you don't even get the chance to see these guys play well. You don't even get the chance of putting these kind of opportunities on the board. And I like the fact that the Pistons now have, it feels like they, at least at game nine, they have these options that they can go down. Before, it didn't seem like they had these many options. They were kind of you know, stuck to doing this. But right now, again, I'm not predicting this is going to happen. I'm not saying that they should do it. What I am saying is that it's simply the fact that these guys have played the way they've played. The Pistons now have at least the option to think, sit back and think, you know, do we move off of Alec Burks? We can move off of Alec Burks. We feel good with Marcus Sasser being the two-guard. Maybe we move off of Alec Burks. Maybe we package him with somebody. Can we use these guys to go get something we really need? Hey, Monte Morris, we really wanted to keep him on the team, but, man, it looks like Killian Hayes might be coming around to being a legit backup point guard for us. Do we want to package Monte Morris with Alec Burks? Maybe we want to package those guys with Bojan. We can go get a, a legit wing. or you know, I, Those options are now, I feel, at least on the board for the Pistons and provides flexibility for this team, and I think that is big time. The fact that the Pistons throughout the last three years, have done nothing but create flexibility for themselves is probably the best part of Troy Weaver's rebuild. They have flexibility cap space-wise. They've had flexibility in the draft when they've, you know, they, they've traded up. They've gotten multiple uh, first-round picks. And now I feel like for the first time in a minute, first time, doesn't mean they have to do it. I'm not saying they have to do this. I, I'd be perfectly okay if they don't do this and they play these guys and uh, Killian Hayes goes out of the rotation and if they want to cut Sassers, like if that's what they decide to do, so be it. But now they have the flexibility to say, okay, now we finally have some, some good contracts, some good players and some good contracts with possible, possible replacements for them already on the roster, and maybe we can package them to go get what we really need at that one wing position, that one 3 and D position we really need. Maybe we can go do that. Maybe we can get the assets to do that. So I, I think, yes, it sucks that the injuries have happened. It sucks that it's caused a 2-7 record for the Pistons to start the year. Yes, I think they could have a better record without these guys. I don't think the guys being hurt is why they lost some of these games against these shorthanded teams. They just haven't closed the games out. They should have probably at least two or three more wins with this roster they've been playing with the last few games. Some of the things that have happened down the stretch is inexcusable. They should have closed these games out. Nonetheless, I just love the where the Pistons are at flexibility-wise with this roster. So, again, injuries suck, but there's always you can always try to see good come out of bad, bad situations and – this situation could have happened, and then Killian Hayes could have fell flat on his face, and Marcus Sasser could have fell flat on his face, and it'd be just a double bad situation. It's like, oh, my God, these guys are hurt, and the guys we got, they, they don't look like they've improved. They don't look like they're ready. It's over. But at least you have a good situation come out of it, and I'm interested to see what happens now for the Pistons moving forward and what Weaver decides to do. But let me know what you guys think. Did some good come out of a bad situation? What do you think the Pistons should do? Do you agree that they have flexibility now? And what do you think they should do with these guys for the rest of the season? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter, at Hill. When we come back, I want to talk about the rookie ladder. So far, it's really early in the season, nine games into the season for the Pistons. But an early rookie ladder on NBA.com features two Piston rookies. We obviously know who those guys are. I'm going to talk about them and their season so far when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up and together. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts, who sits. I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. 
I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Viagra prescriptions or Cialis prescriptions. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medications. Remember to use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills and have to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit, and I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone, end quote. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKED ON for $20 off your purchase with Jace Medical. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons, hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Again, I'm, I'm going to say this again. I, I hope you guys can tell like how amped I am right now. I can't wait. Like I, I want to go watch videos on this MCU stuff. Like I'm, the, This was so good. For my MCU fans, my Marvel fans out there, this Loki season was this season finale was so fantastic. It's the best thing they've done since Endgame. Fantastic, dude! I can't wait, can't wait to see the Marvels tomorrow. I'm I'm going tomorrow night. I can't wait to see it. Um, but anyways, back to the Pistons. The rookie ladder I saw on NBA.com was dropped. I don't know if this was like their second. I think was this the second one they've done. Um, I don't know if this is the first or second one that they've done, but. Anyways, um, no, this was the first one they've done. Um, I, I clicked on the link and, and started reading it. This was, um, again, it was NBA.com, and Steve Ashburner is the one who does this rookie ladder. And, of, of course, at the top, you have Victor Webinyama. And right behind Victor Webinyama is Chet Holmgren, who both of those guys are just special, dude. They're just, it's just special, man. Those guys are great. But coming in at number three is Asar Thompson on his rookie ladder. He has some really nice things to say about Asar, especially him as a defender, as an athlete, as a box score stuffer, how active he is on the boards. He had great things to say about Asar, and Asar is number three on the rookie ladder. And if you scroll down just a little bit, the Detroit Pistons have another player on the rookie ladder at number eight in Marcus Sasser. So what I wanted to pivot, there's two way, two different um, avenues I want to go with this conversation. The first avenue is, can Asar Thompson win Rookie of the Year? No. Sorry. You can't do it. Victor Wembanyama is going to win Rookie of the Year, and if it's not Victor, it's going to be Chet. One of those two guys are going to win it. However, he can, while he cannot win Rookie of the Year, I think he can make the All-Rookie first team, and he should. Before the year, we talked about the likeliness of whether he could make the All-Rookie team on the podcast. And I talked about how you know, I don't know if I see that in his future. I don't know if he's going to have enough usage. I don't know if he's going to have play enough minutes. I don't think he's going to score enough. Um, and, you know, the rookie teams, rookie of the year is all about points. It's, it's rookie, actually, you know, I take that back. because There's been a little bit of, like, I don't want to bring this all back up. Uh, we know where I'm going with this. But it's been a little bit of some inconsistencies when they talk about what they care about with the rookies and stuff. Um, but I, I thought that Asar wouldn't play as much. He wouldn't have a lot of usage, and he wouldn't do enough compared to some of these other guys that were drafted in the top five to make the all-rookie first team. So, like, 
Victor, Chet, a Scoot. I thought his brother, Amen, would make it. Um, a Brandon Miller, like those type of guys. Um, I thought they'd have higher usage and they'd be able to take all rookie first team. However, Asar has, even for a guy like me who was who was extremely high on Asar before the season, before the draft, he's he's even proven like, he's proven me wrong in some aspects. One, I didn't expect him to play this much out the gate when the Pistons drafted him. And he's been one of their more, he's been their best defender easily. But he's been one of their most played players this season as well. I don't think that's going to change when everyone gets healthy because of how well he's played. He's scoring more than I thought he would. He's rebounding the ball way more than I thought he would. He's even playmaking more than I thought he was a secondary playmaker immediately. And defensively, we've already talked about this a ton, he's way better than I thought he would be right out the gate. And I thought he'd be good. I thought he'd be a fine rookie defender. But he is legit a good NBA defender. Maybe even better than a good NBA defender. So far through the season, I, we've seen people talk about whether he's actually a top 10 defender already in the NBA through nine games. So he has been absolutely spectacular, and he's been getting shout-outs from Steph Curry. He got shout-outs from Draymond Green. Uh, I saw Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce talking about him, which, by the way, their little clip talking about the Pistons. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I watched it, and I can't believe that KG was spinning so many facts. KG sounds like he really watches the Pistons sometimes, man. Like, he feel, he was spinning some facts about the about the Pistons, dog. But Asar is getting compliments and, 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 and shout-outs across the league I think he absolutely should. His goal should 100% be the all-rookie first team, and I think he can do it 100%. That should be the standard for him. He's been – he has things he has to work on. His efficiency has to improve, no doubt. His shot absolutely has to improve, no doubt. Turnovers he has to work on. That's stuff that he has to work on. He's not perfect by any means. He's not a finished product by any means. But as a rookie, he's been way better than anyone could have asked for, and – I think all-rookie first team is 100% his goal and should be the expectation for Asar and Pistons fans. And then Marcus Sasser, the second avenue I want to go with this. It's not going to be so much just about Marcus Sasser. It's more so about the Pistons drafting in general. I, I want to give... I know he's under fire a lot lately. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say he doesn't deserve it to be. I, I'm, it is what it is. But Troy Weaver... Troy Weaver has been, I think he's been a pretty good drafter, and he deserves some credit. He deserve, deserves some credit for for his drafting. Now, the 2020 class, look, it was the COVID year, you know, it is what it is, dog. Like, can't hit every single time. Though, it looks like Stu has taken a pretty good jump this year, and he was in that 2020 class. And if Killian Hayes can actually be the Pistons' backup point guard, if he's actually going to sustain the play we've seen over the last seven games, and he can be a backup point guard for the Pistons moving forward, and maybe they can flip him down the line if he does become that backup point guard. They can flip him down the line, and maybe he goes somewhere else a few years down the line and can become uh, you know, a, a better-than-average player or whatever. I mean, that, the draft would then immediately look a lot better in 2020. But even just excluding 2020, I think he's done a really fantastic job in the draft, man. Um, Cade, fantastic. I really like Isaiah Livers still. His injuries, I mean, you can't really control injuries, but him, the player, fits exactly what you need. So I think that was a hit in the second round. Um, If injuries hold Isaiah Livers back, then so be it. But him, the player, I think is exactly what the Pistons need. So I think that, and I think he's played well when he's been on the court. So I think think he did a good job picking him in the second round. Then you go on to Jane Ivy at five. Everyone loves Jane Ivy. The fact that he knew, the fact that he identified Jalen Duran early, 
and then made sure he had the assets to then go make it happen on draft night. Um, that's fantastic. And then obviously it's hitting Jalen Dur- hitting on Jalen Duran. He's I love Jalen Duran. I have him number two on the Pistons young core. So I, I, he was fantastic. And now moving on to this year, you got Asar Thompson, who we just spent three minutes glowingly talking about, and then you got Marcus Sasser, who has been absolutely fantastic in the games he's played. And he looks like he's a guy who's ready to play instantly. A guy who's popping up on the rookie ladders. A guy you drafted in the back end of the first round. So if, if, if Marcus Sasser stays doing what he's doing, which I don't think he needs to be... Uh, Marcus Sasser doesn't need to stay at this level. It's not possible. He's not going to shoot 55% from the floor all year. He's not going to shoot 50% from deep all year. Like, that's not going to happen. It's not sustainable. But if he can just be this type of player, this high-scoring, um, um, great shooter... It doesn't have, again, not 50%, but maybe 40%, 39% on good volume. I think that's 100% in his future. That's the type of player he looks like. If that's the player he becomes, you can now say that Weaver has hit at every part of the draft, at the top of the draft, Cade, in the top five, Ivy, mid-lottery. You want to go with Sar or Ivy with mid-lottery, but then you can say back end of lottery, Jalen Duran, second round, Isaiah Livers, back end of the first round, Marcus Sasser, um, and then even mid-first round, you got Isaiah Stewart. If, you, if you're one of the Isaiah Stewart fans and you believe in some of the progression he's made this year so far, like, if all these guys turn out to be at least role players, they don't have to be stars. They don't have to be starters. They just need to be role players at least. And, like, outside the top five guys, obviously. The top five guys need to be, like, starters for the Pistons moving forward and Jalen Duren. But the rest of the guys, like, they need to be at least role players where you pick them. And if they can become role players for your team... If those guys are legit, just NBA players, Weaver will be, have proven that he can get a talent. He can spy a talent and nab one at any point in the NBA draft, which he has some other things that maybe you can criticize on, but that looks like it's legit. I think that looks like it's legit. Now, I have to give him credit for it um, as of right now. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out, but I think he's proving that he can find talent anywhere in the draft. Just give him an opportunity. So, Wanted to give him some credit and talk about that because he is under fire a little bit from Pistons fans. So I thought this was a this was a fair thing to bring up with Weaver as well. Give him some credit with this. Um, but let me know what you guys think about that. Do you guys think Weaver has proven to be able to hit at every part of the NBA draft? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kukuhill. When we come back, I just want to do a quick preview of the Pistons' first in-season turning game against the Philadelphia 76ers. So stay tuned for that. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Price Picks. Man, I'm always on Price Picks taken at least two to six players stat projections and been the more or less than projection uh, price picks projection to start the year out. I took a chance with the Phoenix suns. Um, and you know, I haven't actually hit or won at all on price picks the first two weeks of the season, but it's still so much fun. that I just keep going back and back and back. And it's so easy to use. It's very self-explanatory. I love the fact that it's easy to use. And it's just simple, quick taps. You can get, uh, an entry done in literally just like five to ten seconds. It's just like that. And again, you just pick two to six players on Prize Picks to go more or less than their Prize Picks projection, and you can win up to five times your money. And on certain entries, if you go like five players on the entry, if you get four right, if you want to pick this option, it's an option you can go go big and go home, or you can go with the option of you get five right, you get like two and a half times your money back. If you get four right, you'll get two times. If you get three right, you'll get one and a half times back. So if you want to play it a little safe, you're not as you know, you're not as risque as me. Price Picks has that option for you 
as well. They also have this Taco Tuesday deal every Tuesday. They, you know, give you a discount on one of the players' projections, make it easier to hit on it. Um, so Price Picks is amazing. My favorite daily fantasy option out there. You guys need to go check it out. Head over to Price Picks. Right now, head to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's right. You can go to LockedOnNBA or use code LockedOnNBA PricePix and you'll get a first deposit match up to $100. PricePix, my favorite daily fantasy option. It's also daily fantasy made easy. Go to PricePix, have some fun. I wish you guys luck with PricePix. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So the Detroit Pistons have their first in-season tourney game. By the time you guys listen to this, it'll probably be tonight, but Friday night, November 10th, against the Philadelphia 76ers at Little Caesars Arena. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to assume... That by the time most of you guys are listening to this, it will be tonight. I hope that Little Caesars Arena is going to be packed tonight. I hope it absolutely will be. Because, one, I want the in-season tournament to be fun. I hope teams take it serious. I want it to be fun because I like fun basketball. And second, I hope the Pistons fans treat it like a, like a playoff atmosphere. If the Pistons can make like the next stage of the in-season tournament, play really well in the in-season tournament... And, and you know, who knows how far they can make it in these in-season in season tournament. But, like, I, I think I heard Wendy Windhorse, Brian Windhorse, talking about this. But, like, maybe for like maybe the in-season tournament will mean more for teams like the Pistons to, if they can perform well in the in-season tournament, maybe they can springboard that to, you know, taking the next step like the Phoenix Suns did with the bubble. The bubble wasn't some crazy thing for the Phoenix Suns. They didn't even make the playoffs. But they played so well in the bubble, and they, that immediate next season they get CP3, and things go crazy. They take off. And that was the, really the springboard for how they played. So if the Pistons take this in-season tournament seriously, and the fans, you guys, the fans go out there and show up and give it like a playoff type of atmosphere, maybe this could be one of those moments that the first in-season tournament ever we look back at this in like a year, two years, three years from now, and be like, hey, the Pistons have been struggling for a while, but really, what really springboard, the moment that really turned this around was that in-season tournament that they really took seriously. It was their first taste of some kind of playoff atmosphere um, without having, without being able to make the playoffs, obviously, but like a tournament-style atmosphere. And they handled it really well. They got to go through the ups and downs. They played well, and maybe that was what springboard this rebuild to go to the next phase. So that's what I'm hoping happens. I hope that everyone takes the in-season tournament seriously, which it sounds people are saying the right things. Um, and if they do, and the Pistons play well, it definitely can be used as one of those situations like the Suns in the bubble. And the crazy thing is the Pistons have the same coach for the uh, that, that coached the Phoenix Suns in that bubble um, with Monty Williams. So hopefully that's what happens. I hope the Pistons play well in the in-season tournament. I think I'm probably going to show up to the game against the 76ers tonight. I'm, I'm not completely sure yet, but I think that's one. I, I think I'm for sure probably going to go. not going to lie to you. Too fun of a situation to pass up. Might show up. I'll let you guys know, though. Um, in this game against the 76ers, though, the Sixers are playing extremely well. They are first in the Eastern Conference, 6-1. and one. Since they pulled the trigger on the James Harden trade, they've it's almost like addition. Not almost. It is addition by subtraction. Um, they're playing a lot better. Tyrese Maxey's taking this jump. Tobias Harris, former Piston, is playing extremely well. Obviously, Joel Embiid. is Joel Embiid, he's going, he's going crazy. Um, so this is going to be a really tough matchup for the Detroit Pistons. It's going to be a hard, hard matchup. Um, 
and especially on Joel Embiid, especially if he gets dirt in foul trouble, it's it, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Pistons. Um, but Cade versus Maxi is a matchup I'm really looking forward to watching because that was definitely a heated topic of debate in the offseason at one point. Cade versus Maxi. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how they play against each other. I'm looking to see how Cade plays in this, in really his first like. Hopefully, now I'm saying this hopefully, but maybe the league, maybe all the teams just say screw the in-season tournament. They don't take it seriously at all. But the hope is is that this is the Pistons and Kay Cunningham's first serious basketball for real um, of his career. I'm looking to see how he does if he rises to the occasion and really balls out. Um, I'm looking forward to that matchup. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm looking for those. That's what I'm looking forward to the in-season tournament. That's what I'm looking forward to in this specific game. It's going to be tough for the Pistons to win this one. Um, their only chance at winning this one, I think, is Jalen Duren avoiding tr- foul trouble and playing well against Joel Embiid. Because if he goes out to foul trouble, Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman have absolutely zero shot, zero shot at going Joel Embiid. And he will destroy the Pistons. So they're going to need a really great game from Jalen Duren and hope that his ankle is feeling better. I know he's still dealing with it. I know he's still not 100%, but hopefully he's feeling a lot better by game time and he's able to have a strong game. Um, but that's all I've got for you guys today. How do you guys feel about the in-season tournament? Are you guys excited? Are you guys going to show up to the games? Let me know what you guys think. Comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Go Pistons. MCU fans, let me know what you guys think about what's happened in the last 24 hours. This is insane with both the Marvels and Loki. I got to hear from you guys, man. But anyways, until next time, go Pistons. Until next time, peace out.